everyone, we're so excited for today's episode. We have a very special guest, but make sure you stay to the very end of the episode because we have a very amazing announcement about an event that's happening this year that you can be a part of. So make sure to stay tuned and get ready for this week's episode of At Home with the Beviers. Well, here we are. Another episode at home with the Beviers and Gabe Lyons. That's right. Gabe Lyons is in the house. I know, man. This is great. I love being in the home with you guys because I love how much we get to talk and hang. But yeah. now there's a microphone. So it's a little more it's a little more on the line here. Oh, yeah. The stakes definitely feel higher. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> normally we do this Tuesday mornings, Bible study. You host a Bible study mm-hmm. that Alec and I are a part of. And this is actually our first episode with with a guest I without think. a bevere. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. beveres at the table. That right, right. So this yeah. is first non bevere. You're the, the first. Table. You are the first non bevere. Yes. What an honor! What a privilege! Yeah. But I feel like it's appropriate, and I've shared this with you, Gabe. You've been like a big brother to me, so I feel like family's at the table, and I'm really excited about what we're going to dive into today. Yeah, and Addison and I, we'd love to introduce Gabe a little bit, but Gabe, you run a organization called Think, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. But Gabe, honestly, like Addison just said, you've been a big brother to Addison, but uh, I know I've heard of you before even coming out to Nashville. And then I was so honored whenever you asked me just to come into the circle, me and Addison, just to actually come and actually be a part of a Bible study and and learn from you and from the other men just in, in your life. And so... It's just been great. Actually, Gabe is the whole reason why I even was able to find a house. Uh, the area that I actually even uh, proposed to my wife was all because of Gabe, too. Gabe's and a big brother. Yeah, so we're here. So in Franklin. obviously, we, we, we're starting off strong with, with, with the first non-Bavir member at, know, at, at, home, I, at Home with the Beers. But. You guys are being <laughs> too kind, too no, generous. No. Your family's blessed my family. So John and Lisa became mentors to Rebecca and I many years ago and have been such an encouragement because Rebecca and I, you know, we do a lot together as a couple and and also both kind of run in in our own lanes. And so we don't know a lot of other couples Hmm. doing that. So they've come in and and just be able to answer some of those tough questions about how do we do this well? How do we make sure our marriage stays flourishing? How do we make sure our children are benefiting in the midst of this and, and we're not gone too much or trying to do things that, that would take away from God's design for, for family. So there's been a lot of pouring in. I'm I'm encouraged to hear you guys. You're so kind, but God knows what he's doing here and you guys have blessed me just as much. So, it's it's just wonderful to be in friendship and to be in the same town. Yeah. Well, well thanks Gabe. Well, Speaking of some of that wisdom, our audience members, they love asking us uh, burning questions, we call them. And so people, they submit it over YouTube or even over um, just uh, wherever they're listening to on podcast. And we have a burning question today that we'd actually like to ask you and get your input on. And so this is from a username and the username is... Uh, Mata Er, bro, you just yeah, you just got Mata Er, you got to jump in. Yeah, no, just it say is. it. It's Mata Er. There you go. N seventy six. I think N sixty four was probably already taken. But anyways, <laughs> um, so the the topic that basically this user is asking about is about anger levels, and so um, they were asking, can you please give one tip on how to manage anger and frustration levels with your children? Yeah. Okay. So I have four children. So I've, and I've been through a little bit. I mean, I've got three that are now of college age and one 10 year old. Um, and man, this is always a tough one because the, it it feels like the people closest to you have the ability to pull the strings a little bit more and kind of pull out of you some things that you didn't even realize were there. And our kids I, I find can do that probably more than anybody. My wife may be more than anybody, but, but my kids have that ability. I think what I've learned 
you know, anger usually is built up resentment that just spills out like in a moment that you didn't even realize it was there. So the, the first tip would be consider with your kids, like, is there some built up resentment about the way they behave, the way they've acted, the way they've disrespected you possibly disrespected your spouse that needs to be dealt with like, hmm. like in a time that's not in the heat of the moment, the heat of the moment, like it's too late. That's when the anger's popping up, the passion's popping up. So how do we, how do we just make sure we're reconciling some of that before we're in the moment. But then I would say also in the moment, it's really important to constantly understand that you're the parent and you're dealing with a child who doesn't really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. As much as they might present or appear like they've got it all figured out, they know what they're saying, they know they're That's pulling good. their strings, they, they don't, they're still children. And we have this big responsibility to like take a deep breath. And sometimes that's very practical, like take a deep breath, don't say it, you're gonna yeah. regret it. And, and I don't know how many times I've had to go back to my children. So when you do sin in anger, right, you can have anger, but not sin in it. No. Mm -hmm. When I've done that, I've had to go back to my children and apologize. And I think that oh, kind wow. of practice in a family is just really important. And it's, it's opened up areas where maybe I did have anger. It hurt my child. I shouldn't have done it. And when I can go apologize to them and seek forgiveness and humble myself, it just opens our relationship in a way that I would say now as they're older, there, there's a real friendship there. And, and it feels like um, some of that's because of that basis of admitting when we do wrong too. Wow. Yeah. And I, I love that. I mean, especially in our family too, it's, it's, it's the same. I believe our father had kind of like that same feeling as well, because he, he would apologize to us if he handled something wrong mm -hmm. whenever he needed to bring correction. And, uh, and I love what you were sharing at the very beginning. You were saying that anger, there might be something else underlying. Actually, yeah. I heard somebody say to me once that really helped me even with anger was uh, anger is actually a secondary emotion. And so you kind of just put that in like the perfect alignment of what's hiding underneath that if, if you're angry, it's it's a secondary emotion, meaning there's something actually hidden underneath that's actually yeah. coming out. And so I, I love that. And sometimes it's passion mm -hmm. just being directed the wrong way. So sometimes we get angry mm -hmm. at our children. We see them do something that we're like, I've taught you better than that. You know, <laughs> it's actually an embarrassment to us yeah. mm -hmm. watching them do something that we're like, I should have done a better job as a parent. We're actually yeah. mad at ourselves yeah. or we're wow. passionate. We want them to take the right step and go down the right path. And so sometimes it does fire off as anger. That's good. That's good. Well, no, I love that. We were going as a group in our Bible study, we were going through Luke. Or if you remember yeah. when we were going through Luke 17, this verse came out and we talked about it as a group. I'm going to test your memory here. Okay. But it's Luke 17, verse 3. And it says, pay attention to yourselves. Mm -hmm. And this is right yeah. along the lines of what you were saying. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. Mm -hmm. Which is a really interesting transition there. And the context here is Jesus is actually talking about how to navigate the people who are entrusted to us. Mm. This is the context of little ones. Yeah. And so what you're saying is, hey, pay attention to yourself first, because if you pay attention to yourself, normally when there's anger, there's been a breakdown and correction needs to be brought to make things right, to make things whole, which is the purpose of correction. But if we don't start with ourselves as parents, as leaders, paying attention to ourselves, what's going on mm -hmm. internally, yeah. then we're not going to be able to rebuke, speak, correct, encourage in a way that leads to restoration and wholeness. Yeah. So that's good. I, I love that, bro. Well, and for me, I mean, I'm 25 years into marriage and I, the first 20, I think I thought I didn't have any of these issues. So for me, it's been the last five <laughs> years of just uncovering all the stuff I yeah. had not paid attention to myself oh, thinking wow. I was fine thinking, you know, I grew up well, you know, and then just realizing all the harm and hurt 
I had created in others around me because I didn't pay attention and yeah. I didn't know what I was feeling. And I just kind of reacted and overreacted at times. So I think that's, that's a, that's a good reminder. And uh, something that we say a lot on the show, and I love that you hit on this, and it just goes to show you are an older brother because you're speaking the at-home language, but mm. we say that humility creates safety. When we humble ourselves as leaders, we create a safe environment for other people to learn, to grow, to acknowledge their mistakes, to own their mistakes, and move through those mistakes. And that's something, now I'm going to transition to what I'm really excited to talk about today. That's something that you've modeled, Gabe. You model confidence and humility brilliantly. And that's something that I respect about you. You're a man of conviction, but you're also someone who's going to sit at the table with someone and ask questions like a student because you're genuinely interested in that person's position, their story, what they have to offer, what you can learn from that. And I'm curious because we want to talk about cultivating curiosity. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what has led you to that stance, to that position where you value curiosity, yeah. where you create environments where people learn how to ask questions while also pointing them to the one who is the answer? You do that brilliantly, like, hey, let's go into the messiness of questions while also recognizing that we follow the one who is the answer. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't want to explore that tension. Yeah, well, and actually, I think it, it might be good, Addison, as well, just to even talk about that curiosity, but even just to explain to our audience, even just what Gabe even does and, and kind of like your mission, uh, yeah. it, it might be good to even just wrap that in there. Uh, yeah, well, as well, because 20 yeah. years ago, I mean, the, the organization Rebecca and I founded um, stood for questions. We, we called it Q, Q ideas. And it was really desiring to have space for questions to be asked, for us to come to conclusions, draw conclusions, but let's do it in a way that people self-discover. We don't just tell them what to think. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, I grew up in an environment as a Christian and in a Christian home. I'm so thankful for my parents, church. I mean, I had it all, but I was definitely told what to think. I wasn't taught as well how to think. And, and I think in our environment, I think especially with the next generation, creating space for them to self-discover and to learn through a process of asking good questions for, for realizing that there's no topic off limits, yeah. that we don't need to be afraid of anything, that, that the Christian understanding of the world actually will probably shed some light on some things that the world system will never understand about how humans were designed to function and live and operate and flourish. And so we've never been afraid of questions, but we created space for that. And then over the years, I've just loved creating environments where people feel the freedom to explore, to talk, yeah. to learn. I like to expose people to new ideas. I like to expose them to people who are thought leaders on different subjects that maybe they've never considered, but I know by them being encountered by that, it's going to help their imagination. It's going to help them to ask some better questions. But I think a lot of people are afraid to go down the path, especially sometimes in our Christian circles of asking questions, because it can feel like this will lead to a path mm -hmm. of walking away from faith, mm -hmm. because maybe we don't have answers that are as good as the world's answers. And because of that lack of confidence, we don't create space for it. And so what happens is a, a younger generation many times walks away from faith. And we all seen that data because they realize that, oh, wait, the church doesn't have an answer to the question me and my friends have been talking about all week. Yeah. And I don't see anybody that's giving me a thought about what God's view of this is, what's right or wrong. Why would this be good or bad? Yeah. And so we got to create those spaces. And so that's just been a lot of, of what we've been trying to cultivate over the years. Wow. That's amazing. So it's almost like, uh, I mean, I, I know that we can go a few different tangents even on this, but even if you think about even the 
the Socratic method almost, yeah. um, which I know some people, they may not know what that is, but uh, schools, whenever they're invented, I believe they're invented by Aristotle's and his mentor was Socrates and Socrates would actually teach people to actually question things and just think in the matter of asking questions. And then that would actually expand your horizon because back then it was basically whatever the government told you that was basically truth or, um, and really it wasn't allowing people to think for themselves. Yeah. And it started a whole movement that then actually even started, I think the birthings of schools was from the Socratic method. And so it's, it's so important to be asking questions. Well, we find like the European education system tended to do that better. Mm. And then in the American system, definitely, if you look at the last many mm -hmm. decades, we moved to teaching people mm -hmm. the answers. And obviously that's a big conversation yeah. now, public education, people knowing how to take tests and just knowing how to answer questions. Mm -hmm. Neil Postman, he wrote a great book in 1984 called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Hmm. And, and he was essentially predicting, and he was using the television as the great technology that was starting to undo our capacity to think. And he, and he actually has mm -hmm. this, you know, this brilliant book that describes the ways that our minds would actually not be able to reason. We would lose the ability to rationally wow. think Interesting. because of our technologies. Um, there's a line in there where uh, I believe he's referencing Brave New World, and he, and he describes how we'll come to love the technologies that undo our capacity to think. Wow. And so you can see how we're kind of in that setting. He went on to write a book in 1997 called Building a Bridge to the 18th Century, and he goes on to describe the 1700s as this brilliant time where education was was brimming. And, and finally, we looked at children, and instead of putting them into the workplace and into these spaces where they're in the field, they're farming, they're not being cultivated as human beings, there was guards put up that said, no, children deserve space yeah. to think, to be taught how to ask questions, to yeah. be skeptical. And we now find in, in our current age, we've lost that again. We're losing childhood. And our kids now have access to the same information wow. you and I do through their devices. We're not creating skepticism in a positive way. He would say being skeptical wow. and question asking is like mm -hmm. essential to learning how to critically think. And so you can kind of see now we're in this setting where there's not a lot of critical thinking going yeah. on, yeah. which makes us pretty subjected to other people's ideas, to yeah. propaganda even, you know, mm -hmm. to bad ideas advancing because we don't know how to argue with them. And so we, it makes us a bit susceptible. And that's a lot of why we've created think, mm -hmm. spelled with a Q, is, is to help Christians return to understanding how to think well, to be curious, but to know how to advance good around all kinds of questions in our world. Yeah. Hmm. There's, a, there's a rabbi, Rabbi Sachs. I think we've talked about Rabbi yeah. Sachs before. Brilliant man. Um, but I read something in one of his books. It was his book on morality. And he said in Jewish culture, it is the primary responsibility primary responsibility of the parents to teach their children how to ask good questions. Primary wow, yeah, responsibility. Yeah. And for him, he believed that every good question, every honest question would lead to the inevitability of God. Yeah. Mm. Like he's not scared about what's on the other side of those questions. And if we're asking questions in a way where we're pursuing human flourishing, what does this mean when we look at scripture? What does this mean when we understand the example of Jesus? What does it mean as our culture intersects with the values and the mission and the call that God has placed on us? Mm. All of that, that's, that's difficult to wrestle with. And we need the wisdom of the spirit. And we can talk about this on a macro level. I think it's easy to do that. But one of the things that I love about what you do, and even the way you talk about thought leaders, you talk about developing thought leaders in the home. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of cultures, family cultures, where questions are viewed as disrespectful, an inconvenience, uh, 
responses yeah. like because I said so, right. or that is the devil. I mean, I think of I'm kind of aging. <laughs> but what was that? That's a uh, water boy. Yeah. Did you ever see Waterboy? Yes. Yeah. His mom is well, like, everything is the yeah. devil. He yeah. asks a question. That's the devil. That's the <laughs> devil. That's the devil. And I know that's an extreme example. Yeah. But my point is, is like, because I said so, or don't ask that question. Yeah. And the truth is we live in a world where people, if they want answers, they're going to go get them. Yeah. Maybe. There's never been more information. There's never been more subject matter experts. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not willing to create an environment, like it might be right now, you can't handle the answer to this question and that's okay. And I think that's a fine answer because I said so, but it's not a good final answer because mm. eventually they're going to need to understand the why behind the what, if they're going to grow and mature and be able to navigate the nuances and the frustrations and the greater concerns of this world. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Postman just to continue on says, look, we have information like we've never had in our world. And, and when you classify information, you get knowledge. But for the Christian home and the Christian family and the parent, what your goal isn't knowledge for your kids, it's wisdom. That's right. Which is mm -hmm. finally the last step. Information that's, that's well classified as knowledge, but ultimately we're looking for wisdom. And we wow. know we only get wisdom through scripture mm -hmm. and through understanding God's view of a matter. And so creating space for our kids. I remember my daughter Kennedy in second grade asking me like the deepest, you know, the, the problem of evil question, yeah. right? That our children start to pick up like, well, if there's a good God, how is it possible there's yeah. evil in the world? And, and taking the time to articulate to her as, as best I could to a child who's, you know, seven years old, the problem of evil and, yeah. and why yeah. it exists in the world and the idea of free will and God, God's true love for us created space where we could make choices that have consequences. So um, I think it's evident by your passion for this too, but I think for even our listeners today that, man, create that space. Don't be scared of it, even if you don't know the answer. I think this is what we're advocating through Think is, is you're a thought leader. You can shape the thinking yes. of the people in your care. So for parents, it's for their children. Yeah. It might be for their colleagues at work. It could be for their friends in their community group, but you have the ability to influence thinking. You don't have to be the expert on everything, but you can create space where people are able to have these conversations. And that's what's missing, I would say, in the world mm -hmm. today. Like yeah. people don't have a place to even talk or to explore. Is, is there a way to create that space within your family? Like, do, do, do you have any recommendations? Because I think a lot of parents that are listening right now, they're like, well, I am very afraid of these questions. Yeah. And, and we have lots of people who, who write in as well um, about they're afraid of the questions that their kids are asking about, lots of different movements that are happening right now yeah. just within the world, and they're very afraid of questions. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations of how to create that right atmosphere for there to be yeah. healthy dialogue or for them to ask these questions? Or yeah, well, what, what would you recommend? Well, what we have found today is to help the parent not be intimidated is to find a third party source of information. It could be at Messenger X, right? A yeah. piece of content that is talking about a subject that you care about. At Think Media, we do the same thing. We have short nine minute talks on these topics, whether it's gender or it could be technology, it could be mental health. The thing you feel your child's concerned about, like watch something together for like nine minutes. I mean, yeah. it can't be too long or they're yeah. gonna dial out. But then have a little bit of a conversation. What did you think about that? What resonated with you? Do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? And don't be afraid mm. if they disagree with the thing that they just heard. Let them know that it's okay to process that with you. If they don't process it with you as their parent, trust me, they are processing it with a friend. They're talking to someone else who likely has a different view than you do as a parent, even an authority in their life that might have a different view. And so if you in the home are in some ways abdicating that space and just saying, hey, I'm not comfortable with it, 
you're actually pushing them to go find the answer somewhere else. And, and I'm confident you probably won't be as satisfied with what you could have created as a parent. Wow. So you're saying it's almost like a responsibility to, okay, you have a, a tough question, go find a resource. So you don't have to have all the answers. You're saying it's good to break down that intimidation factor for parents, but it's good to find a resource and then go through that resource with the children. Yeah. Or okay. just to see yourself as a parent, as a guide, yeah. not, not a subject matter expert on yeah. every topic. That's impossible. Oh, I I mean, like it's that. impossible <laughs> for pastors to do that. And, yeah. and they're being asked to be that. Teachers are being asked to be experts. And, and sometimes we get in trouble because we try to answer like an expert and we've just yeah. heard a soundbite. Hmm. We really don't know the depths of that question that we need to answer. And that can send kids the different yeah. direction too. They go, I asked that question. The answer I got was so simplistic. It really didn't even honor the mm. complexity of what I was talking about. So don't do that. Just invite them in and, and learn together, read something together, listen to something together, a podcast episode. Um, we've heard so many stories of parents creating that kind of space and the new conversation they're having in their home mm. is robust. Their kids love it. Their kids are hungry for it. So, so don't be intimidated by our kids. I know it's easy to get intimidated. They're growing up, they ask tough questions, but man, they are longing they are. for a parent that's willing to just sit and listen to the questions they have and explore it with them and be curious with them. Yeah. And that's, that's the place of meaningful connection too. When you go there with your kids or you go there with your friends, you go into those places that feel a little scary, those waters that most people don't want to navigate and you go into it with respect and you go into it with curiosity. Yeah. You create space for mutual understanding, create space mm. for trust. I think a lot of us, we, we weaponize truth. My mom talks about this all the time. She's like, it's more important to us to be right than rightly related. And because we don't value being rightly related, we don't know how to transfer. Would you mind explaining that a little bit more right yeah. than rightly related? Yeah. So, yeah. so we sacrifice what it is to be rightly related. Like there's a right way to relate to a person. And from that place of understanding, mm -hmm. from that place of connection, you can speak difficult truth. You can navigate something that's difficult to hear, but if you're not rightly related and you're just trying to be right and you're employing whatever means possible to be right, people are going to disengage. They're not going to hear what you have to say. And if we really do have good news on a big level, but also on a personal level that we are to embody, that we are to share, that we are to believe is our, our new mission, our new identity, the new expression of what it is to be human, then we have to see this take on shape and form in those everyday parts of our lives. And that's certainly how we navigate relationship with our kids, our spouses, our coworkers, our friends. Does that, does that make sense? No, it does. It does because you're really helping then people make sure that they're keeping the door open for exactly what Gabe's talking about of creating those atmospheres of still having those questions you're saying instead of being right and be like no this is this is like you know and being hard about certain things which of course there's certain things that you do need to be hard about but, it, but it's still keeping that door open to like hey no like like I, i'm understanding you i understand where you're coming from i, I see these questions that you're having yeah. this is the way that i'm this is the way that I would actually help guide you. And this is the way that I would actually talk about it instead of being so concerned about being like, no, like, and then, yeah, I get, I, I, I understand. I think, I think the intensity too, when it comes to navigating difficult matters, the intensity is sometimes caused by people. They're trying, as you were saying, they've heard a soundbite and they're trying to be this expert based on a soundbite <laughs> and they actually lack conviction. Yeah. yeah. They don't really know what they're saying, but yeah. they want to act like they know what they're saying. So they increase intensity mm -hmm. to try to convince other people that they know what they're saying. And then that just polarizes people because right. neither of them really understand what they're saying, but they're saying it very loudly. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Yeah. And we're seeing that in so many ways play out in our world. And 
again, going back to, to thank and the values of thank, would you mind sharing? Because I think it'd be really good for the parents and the listeners to hear this, what thank actually stands for. Yeah. And then I also, I asked you personally, I asked you to be a part of this because there's a moment that's happening this year hmm. that messengers, sons and daughters get to be, we get to be a part of this. We're yeah. really excited. We get to come alongside Thank because we believe that this is truly an unprecedented moment. We've yeah. never seen anything like this. We've never been a part of anything like this. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about it. So can you cover those two? Yeah. So Think, T-H-I-N-Q is the name of our organization, thinkmedia.com. But, but the reason it's spelled with a Q is, is this word stands for something more than just the typical how to think. We want to help Christians know how do I think Christianly about a matter? And we want it to be simple. I, I grew up in an environment where Francis Schaeffer was somebody that I was reading his books. He had shaped Chuck Colson, who became a mentor. I got to spend a lot of time with him late in his life, who first helped me understand Christian worldview, that yeah. there's a Christian view of a matter on every subject. And, and that's where I started to gain confidence. Like, we don't have to be afraid of any topic. Yeah. Like, there's a way to see this that's probably going to lead to life peace for people. It's going to lead to encouragement and freedom if they can see it through this lens. But I also realized when I was, this was when I was like 25, like most of my friends aren't going to read this 600 page sure. book. He wrote this book called how now shall we live? And I mean, it was massive and it was awesome. Yeah. And I loved it. And I've made flashcards throughout it because I was just so excited about it. Hmm. But you know, it was, it was this big idea of how do we view things through that lens? So in creating think the idea was to to more make this simple i'm thinking about a new generation mm. who's not reading as much right they're they're catching much more information through video through short 30 second reels tiktoks yeah. mm -hmm. you know they're listening to their friends more than anything i mean they're getting more of their news from tiktok now than than they they would and parents don't even understand that they think well of course you have to google for news no it's it's they search tiktok and <laughs> it's that's authoritative. how they're <laughs> yeah. tiktok's no, no. authoritative i mean yeah, yeah you, you understand oh and there's so many <laughs> fun ways oh i do yeah, i do yeah. there's so <laughs> many TikTok. well there's so many fun ways of receiving the news too i mean just the other day if you're an old spongebob fan they have the talking fish head and he actually shares breaking stories in the fish voice but anyways i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting besides the point. Go on. Yes. about undoing our capacities yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I, I guess I'm living it. But, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all in it. Um, but, but, go on. but so, so the T stands for theology. So I, I want us to all be thinking through any topic. It could be artificial intelligence, technology, TikTok, social media, whatever the yeah. topic is. We want to start with what's God's view of this? What does scripture say about it? What has the church fathers, you know, over many, many centuries thought about this issue? Usually mm -hmm. they've thought about it. Um, yeah. It may not be under the label that it's being labeled today, but it, it probably has a history as an idea, which takes us to H, which is history. Hmm. What's the history of events that have led to this matter being something important or the history of these ideas? Where did they come from? Where do they originate? The I then stands for curiosity. It's, it's inquiry. So let's be inquisitive people. Let's ask questions. Let's explore yeah. and invite other perspectives. Some you're not going to agree with, but you wouldn't know till you listen and hear yeah. them out to understand yeah. how other people are thinking about mm -hmm. it. But then that leads you as a Christian to go, okay, now I can enter a conversation with somebody who maybe has a different point of view than me, but I can do it with nuance. Yeah. Not nuance okay. in the sense of I'm not convicted about what I think. Sure. And so I'm just so going to placate. Okay. It's, it's actually, yeah, the ends for huh. nuance. And it's meant to say, let's have a conversation where I can be sensitive, that you might have a different perspective or a different view, but I can also be persuasive. I, I'm going to understand how to help you maybe ask a better question, yeah. which leads us to the cue again, which is to ask better questions so that we end up asking a better question about a matter than the world's asking about it. And, and I think when we can help all of us, we have this lens, a framework hmm. to quickly help a new generation go, hey, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know how Christians think about it. We start with what does God think about yes. it? 
What do we learn from history? Where can I learn a little bit more? How can I talk with sensitivity about it? Because I want to persuade people. I don't want to just tell them I'm right and push them away. Yeah. yeah. And then here's the bigger question maybe we should be talking about that nobody's asking. Um, yeah. It gives us a way to think. Wow. I I mean, I, I think even just, just the acronym for the name. Just like pause that's, that and just that's rewind just, yeah, and go back totally and listen to that again. Just think, that is very powerful. And if you just approached any strong question, I think that that would be helpful for any family member or any friend um, just to really even think through that whenever they're reaching these these moments. That's amazing. And then, Gabe, like Addison's been talking about a little bit here, or you guys have both been mentioning a word, mm. and I thought maybe we could touch on it, and that might lead even into the summit. But you're talking about... Um, you're talking about thought leaders. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is a thought leader? I know that's word's been thrown around a few times on yeah. this podcast. Like yeah. how would we describe a thought leader? I think typically we hear that word and you think an academic, somebody who's scholarly, they've got multiple PhDs. Mm -hmm. And certainly there are thought leaders like that. The way we're talking about a thought leader is, is really to popularize this and to help every person know that right now you have the ability to influence the thinking of other people. Hmm. Yeah. This is on social media, maybe the people that follow you. It's the kids in your classroom. If you're a teacher, it's, it's your living room. It's the boardroom. If you're in the marketplace, it's your customers. Like take responsibility that you can shape thinking. And, yeah. and when you start to see yourself in that light, you realize that even today, I, I believe evangelism is going to happen in our world more through us being able to engage people with how they think what their ideas are that they've believed, how yeah. those ideas are working out. I mean, when you engage with someone and realize they're having a crisis moment, right? Yeah. Where, where something's not working out. It, it's an opportunity to engage in, well, how have you been thinking about it? And what was the basis for why you made that decision? And it's a new way to maybe approach for a new generation, how we're going to get into the conversations that will lead people to true wisdom, to God's yeah. wisdom. Um, and so that's how we would define it. And as an organization, our commitment is to raise up 1 million thought leaders over wow. this next decade, half of which being in the next generation. We believe this younger generation more than ever has opportunity that the, as you guys, I know, believe and your family believes that the, the fields are ripe for harvest, but yes. the laborers are few. How are we going to equip laborers in a new generation to even advance Christian ideas when many would see them as extreme or many yep. would see them as a problem in society? We need to be creative about this. We need to get back to the basics of let's let's enter into maybe the questions the world's asking right now and know how mm -hmm. to think well and help them find truth through that. That just gets me so fired up. I mean, I, like I, I know <laughs> anyone else who might be listening to them might yeah. be like, man, I, I want to be a thought leader like 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 teach me because that's, I mean, yeah, it, it makes so much sense because that's what Jesus did. Yeah. He came and he, he questions thoughts yeah. and, and so many different thoughts on different things. And that's why the Pharisees had the so call many to problems repentance. with it. The yeah. call to repentance yeah. is, hey, God gave you a mind. You can metacognate, you can think in ways that no other creation can think and engage the world. Repent, change your mind, yeah. shift yeah. your thinking because I actually have something new something different, something other for you. And God dignifies the mind yeah. when mm -hmm. he calls us to repentance. He's mm -hmm. like, hey, I actually need your mind. Yeah. Like your mind is important. And that's what I just heard you share. You're like, hey, let's yeah. teach the next generation. Let's teach the generations how to engage thought, how to mm -hmm. engage these arguments in a way that reflects the convictions and values that we have. And Jesus did it, Jesus. right? So many he times did. through questions. He asked yeah. over 350 questions. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's it's his predominant way that he engages people. He doesn't always answer the questions, but he certainly pushes people to think, he why does. are you doing this? Why, why are you behaving this way? Why, yeah. why'd you make that choice or decision? And he's constantly wanting people to engage and to think. Wow. Okay. Well, 
Well, yeah. I yeah. Mean, so, so, now, so, so we need to hear about because I know yeah. people are hearing this. They're like, okay, what what is this thing that they're teasing? What are they talking about? Next gen yeah. summit. Yeah. We so, need we need to hear about it. Well, we're creating space, and you guys have been so yeah. helpful and collaborative on this because I think we all, and this isn't just our organization; it's multiple. I feel like God's bringing together multiple leaders in the church going, hey, we want to invest in a younger generation to have um, access to think about these things, to come together and meet one another. So we're creating something called the Next Gen Summit. This will be the first one, the inaugural one taking place November 10 and 11. It's a Friday, Saturday in Nashville, downtown Nashville. Mm -hmm. But it's not, I, I think, you know, I don't like going to conferences. No. I don't know about you. Um, so when we create a space like this, it's not designed to be just a, a boring, let's sit there and take in information. I mean, people can get a lot of content elsewhere, yeah. but, but what we've designed is an experience with over 30 different thought leaders in different industries, Christians who are leading in spaces that maybe you've never heard from. You didn't even realize a Christian was in this space hmm. to come together and to learn how are they thinking? How are they walking through the T-H-I-N-Q in their space? So we're, we're going to have with us like Ashley Gorley. He's the number one, he's got over 60 plus number one songs right now, right? And, and he does that as a songwriter. He's a believer. He's somebody who's going to share like how he thinks about songwriting in music. We're going to have people that are in video gaming, right? And they're, they both uh, lead in that space. They talk in that space. They're, they're looked at as thought leaders in that space, but faith is a motivating factor for why they show up in those spaces. Yeah. So how are they doing it? But then we're also going to have mm -hmm. people, you know, like David Platt and Rebecca, my, my wife mm -hmm. will be a part of that. And, and so many other people, Faith Cho and, and others who are, are helping younger Christians start to really wrestle with what does it look like for me to practice my faith in a bold way with courage, yeah. but also creatively in every channel of culture. And that's something we talk a lot about through this summit experience is that you're on mission in a lot of places. It's not just in the church or parachurch ministry, but you might be a teacher, you might be a doctor, a nurse, you may be called into entertainment and media. You may be a content creator on TikTok. You have a voice, you're a thought leader. Yeah. How can you engage all of the difficult conversations happening? So there's that. And then there's a bunch of experiences. I mean, we love to create fun. I mean, it's everything from pickleball tournaments, you know, to, to go into, we have a shoe designer from Nike that'll be with us, Sergio, who, you know, we'll be in a, a shoe shop talking about how, why kids love shoes so much. Like what's going on behind that idea? How do we think well about yeah. shoes, right? <laughs> Talking about tattoos and, and yeah. the, the, why do people get tattoos and, and what's that all about? So yeah. literal conversations about the things that, that I know people are thinking a lot about, but yeah. how many spaces can Christians come and try to work through that together and know how to engage those areas? So, so all of that's happening. And I know we're excited because it, 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 there's only room at this venue for 1,200 people, 200 mentors, and 1,000 young leaders. So we're, we're really targeting this to – you need to be under – you know, you really need to be Gen Z or millennial to come unless you want to be a mentor. And so it's exciting. And we're starting to see incredible people say, I'm going to descend on Nashville for those couple of days. And I know yeah. you guys are going to be there and it's going to be. Oh, fun. yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just exciting for you guys. I, I know that you've just announced it. And um, I already have had multiple people reach out to me, wonder if they could stay at my house. Yeah, <laughs> <For the laughs> well, you do live downtown. Being in town so. for it, yeah, yeah. I, I do live downtown Nashville, but it, it's already full, so please, <laughs> like, no, no more <laughs> inquiries. But uh, no, uh, very, very excited yeah. for it. And uh, as Addison was probably about to say, we're, we're definitely wanting to get in, in involved in it. And there's so many people, even uh, our listeners from the Sons and Daughters crew yeah. um, to uh, the Messenger crew are just people who really are all about thinking differently. Like, you know, I mean, Messenger is all about thinking, you know, differently and figuring out how to get the disciple everywhere around the world and getting it to all these different languages that they have literally nothing. But there's so many people that are 
already on this train of thought that we just you know we we had to just invite everyone because yeah we're we're gonna be a part of it it's not just something that we're coming to attend like we're we're just excited for this movement that we believe is going to really create all these thought leaders yeah so you guys have helped us create it i mean that's what's beautiful we we've been very hands off about it i mean we feel like god's created a moment we're trying to steward it and leaders like you guys who've been investing so much in this generation for a long time to have you help us create it has been beautiful and and a fun kingdom expression that it's not about anybody getting the credit. We just need to create space because we're seeing a generation Hmm. in some ways lose heart. I know we've experienced environments where we're seeing a generation rise up and and we think a lot of the church hasn't seen that. They're just seeing a generation walking away from the church and leaving the church. And we're going, no, you need to see this. You need to experience it because you're going to see who's leading the church and how this is going to look a little bit different than your mom and dad's church and how this expression might play out in the coming decades. But it's happening. God's at work. Revival's happening in their hearts yes. and in their lives. And he has a plan. And so I think anybody who comes to mentor yeah. will completely experience that. We need your voices pouring yes. into the next generation. But those who are younger, who feel alone, who feel yes. like, man, I don't know other people in my industry are talking like this or helping me balance this out. Like, I'm not a pastor. Hmm. I have a gift and a talent to be in this industry but I don't really know how to do it. Or a lot of other people trying to figure it out. You're going to meet best friends for life at yeah. this gathering. Yeah. And that's what I love. I think people are going to realize I'm not alone. And and the world tries to tell us you're alone, you're isolated, you're different. And there is there is a group of people, I believe, that God is raising up for this season, for this moment. And it breaks down the secular sacred divide. And I love how the Next Gen Summit is going to create space for people to experience that. And I know for us, I was talking to my mom about this. I believe this is an answer to prayer for us at Messenger. Uh, because we did the rise event back in 2019 mm. and it was a massive success. And we were talking about, all right, we're going to do rise event next year. And Holy Spirit told us not to do it. And then COVID happened. Then we moved to Nashville. Well, earlier this year, we started talking about, hey, are we supposed to do something again? Are we supposed to spin this back up? And when we started talking about what God had put on your heart for this next gen summit, it was like, you know what? Actually, partnership is the path forward. Yeah. This is the answer to prayer. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for being obedient, Gabe. Thank you for coming and being a part of this episode. We're so excited. We're going to put all the information so yeah. that people Within know what link. to do. All Within the links. Also, it's just think.com, right? Thinkmedia. Yep. Thinkmedia.com. Thinkmedia.com. Yep. Thinkmedia.com. Okay. But and as far as the summit, everything. Nextgensummit.com. Next you can gen learn summit. all about it. It's without an E because, hey, next gen, we don't use vowels. So it's nxtgensummit.com. NXT gen. So summit. there's no E in gen? No, there is. There's no E Okay. All right. So only next. I didn't ask any question okay. about that. Okay. <laughs> so next. <laughs> I love it. It's going to be in notes. So y'all can check that out. But we'd love to see you there. We're going to be figuring out what that means for our sons and daughters mm. community, messenger community that comes. We want to know if you're coming. Yeah. So let us know. And we're going to figure out a moment for us to hang while we're there, too. Yeah, yeah for sure. Awesome. I love being with you guys. Thanks for letting me be the first. Yeah. Absolutely. Your table. This, yes. was, this was awesome. Well, Thank Gabe, you, Gabe. I mean, there's something that I I want to say um okay. and addison uh, but i'm gonna I mean, have gay pray us out oh absolutely always, yeah. i mean well yeah I, I, well then maybe i could save it for the end i guess um but i was I'll gonna say, say i was gonna say uh thank you thank you 
for oh, coming. I saw it. You love that one. Nobody said that before, but I think about it a lot. <laughs> when I say thank um, you to somebody on my team, I'm like, you know, that yeah. it's kind of the logo. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And for people who are listening, I pointed to Addison's shirt. He, he's wearing yes. an actual thanks shirt. But anyways, yeah. Wearing a thanks shirt. Yeah. 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 Okay, we pray for us. Pray Absolutely. for our listeners. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for this chance to just talk about what you're doing in the world in all generations, but even this younger generation, God, we're seeing it. We're seeing the church rise up. Um, I thank you for friendship in this kingdom enterprise of trying to help bring people closer to you. And even just the the work that you're doing in the world where yes, the God. harvest is plentiful, but we need more laborers. God, just give us your wisdom for how to do that. Give us, give us conviction to know how to be bold and strong and faithful in moments where we're tempted to sort of back away. Um, but also, God, just bring more and more people into the workload of of laborers because we That's need right. more people, God, who are confident that the truth that you can give to the world is something that will bring freedom and life to them. And so mm. we just thank you for what you're doing in the world and that we get to be a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Everyone, thank you so much for joining us here today at At Home with the Beveres. Guys, we are always so thrilled whenever you leave questions that we can go right ahead and answer. So if you have any questions, make sure to leave a comment wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to rate and subscribe. It really helps out our show and helps it get all around the world. Again, guys, we are so thrilled that you joined us here today where we want to help you create a legacy starting at home.